Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to The Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Thursday, November 9th. Today, Colorado Sun political reporters Sandra Fish and Jesse Paul discussed the failure Tuesday of Proposition HH and what that means for Coloradans' property taxes and state taxpayer refunds. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Pinnacle Assurance. Pinnacle Assurance is Colorado's top-rated workers' comp provider, according to the businesses and workers they serve. With a commitment to Colorado, Pinnacle invests in workplace safety and provides care to help injured workers recover and return to work safely. Pinnacle. They put care to work. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. Florence Sabin was born in Central City on this date in 1871 and carved her place among America's notable scientists. She tackled early skepticism as a woman in medicine and eventually became the first female faculty member at Johns Hopkins Medical School. Sabin's research significantly advanced knowledge of the lymphatic system and tuberculosis. She was honored in 1921 at a ceremony for Marie Curie, and later her work continued at the Rockefeller Institute until her 1938 retirement. Sabin returned to action in 1944, revolutionizing Colorado's public health policies and helping to establish a medical training school, now known as the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. She died in 1953, having left Colorado far healthier thanks to her efforts. Before we continue, another quick message. AARP Colorado is proud to sponsor this podcast with the Colorado Sun. With Colorado being one of the fastest-growing states in the nation among older adults, AARP Colorado strives to ensure all Coloradans can age in place for as long as possible and age with dignity. Next, our feature story. Good morning, SunUp listeners. This is the politics team coming to you on a different day because we couldn't do Tuesday because we had this election on Tuesday. And so now... I'm Sandra Fish here with my friend Jesse Paul, who's going to tell us all about the big issue, which was Proposition HH on property taxes, which I barely understand. Jesse, tell us what happened and when did you know it was going to happen? Yeah, so Proposition HH went down in pretty spectacular form. This was something that was championed by Democrats in the legislature and written by Governor Jared Polis' office mainly. And it failed last night by about 20 plus percentage points, which is a massive margin. It's actually ironically about the margin that Governor Jared Polis won re-election in 2022. And when you looked at the map across the state, only six counties were approving it as of Tuesday night, which was really shocking. And only two of those were big counties, Denver and Boulder, which are kind of the state's liberal bastions, the Democratic hubs. But I think early on, we could pretty much tell that it was going to fail. And, and for me, the moment came when Arapahoe County posted its numbers because you saw that it was failing in Arapahoe County by a pretty large margin. And that to me was an indication that if this can't pass in the suburbs, which, which trend blue in Colorado, that it's probably not going to do well in Jeffco, another suburb. It's not going to do, do well in, in Adams County and Larimer County. And ultimately, it failed in all of those places. And even in the counties where it won, Denver and Boulder, it wasn't an overwhelming victory to, to overcome you know, the, the massive margins of defeat that it faced in, in conservative parts of the state. I feel like they knew it was going to fail because when I got home a little after 10, I noticed in the Denver Post in my RSS feeds a column by the Bell Policy Center, Scott Wasserman, about why it failed. 
Yeah, and typically, you know, for those who are maybe necessarily media savvy, that was not written on election night, right? And and, and Scott Wasserman, the Bell Policy Center, was was a supporter of HH, but maybe a little lukewarm. They weren't totally um, in the loop as much as as the Property Tax Rate Leap Now Committee was. But it was a big indication, right, that I think people knew that this this was on shaky ground. Certainly, even yesterday on election day, I was calling around, and Democrats were kind of privately saying, "Look, you know, we didn't do the best messaging on this, maybe." Uh, maybe wasn't the best idea. It was too complicated for voters in Colorado. And so they were kind of expecting it to fail and maybe not so surprised with w- what the results ended up being. And, and you know, interestingly enough, some of my colleagues over at Nine News reported this first, but Governor Jared Polis wasn't even in the state last night. You know, he was at the Western Governors Association meeting in Jackson Hole. This was kind of his baby. So he wasn't around to to kind of face the, the cameras and face the music when it failed. And frankly, I, not many people wanted to stand in front of the cameras last night on the on the on the pro side to kind of admit that this went wrong and, and talk about it. And now there's all these questions about what's going to happen next. That was my next question, Jesse. What happens next? How does it impact you and I and everybody else listening, the taxpayers? But also, what do policymakers do? Yeah. So the background here, right, is Proposition HH was brought as a way to kind of blunt the effect of rising property values on people's tax bills. So the median increase in property values across the state was 40%. A major jump that happened during the pandemic is housing prices went up. You know, if you tried to buy a house during that time, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to do that, but it was very difficult, right? I mean, week to week, housing prices went up. There were crazy bidding wars. Uh, values just just skyrocketed. And so that led to increased property taxes and Proposition HH attempted to blunt that. So lawmakers really only have about two weeks if they want to take some kind of action on the statewide level for, for local governments, which collect property taxes um, and school districts set their budgets. So we're talking about a potential special session here in the next uh, week or two. Uh, could could be kind of a contentious last minute thing. Republicans are certainly calling for that. Democrats haven't really said what they plan to do. They're kind of still picking up the pieces from from, from the results. And and so that's for your tax bill that's due in April, the 2023 tax year bill that's due in 24. The other effect of a Proposition HH failing is that for the majority of Colorado taxpayers, they're going to get a smaller taxpayer uh, bill of rights or Tabor tax refund next year. Our story at coloradosun.com will kind of tell you how much you would have stood to get if HH had passed and what you'll get now since it failed. Uh, that was a one-year-only tax change. But in the broader constellation of tax policy, a property tax policy, there are some really big uh, questions now facing the legislature. First off, property taxes are actually expected to go up in the 2024 tax year for taxes due in 25 and future because there was a bill passed by the legislature in 2022 that offered a two-year relief package, but that's now winding down because lawmakers uh, didn't go into the future as Proposition HH would have. So not only will your taxes your tax bill be quite high, uh, a lot higher than it was for uh, the 2023 tax year, again, due in 24, but it's going to go up even further in 25, 26, 27, if the legislature and local governments don't act. Now, I'll preface this by saying that the legislature and local governments are almost certain to act to, to lower what people's property tax bills are. I think there's, there's broad consensus on both sides uh, of the aisle to do this. It's just a matter of what it looks like. And property taxes are complicated, which is why Proposition HH was complicated and you know the way that it affects local governments and your and your tax bills and your housing prices, all that stuff is interacted. It's not an, an easy formula. So there's there's a big push now to see what the legislature does in the next two weeks, and then when the the full general assembly uh, reconvenes for its normal session in January, there's going to be a lot of pressure to act. 
going to be interesting to see what happens there. Other observations you have about last night? <laughs> yeah, I, look, I'm going to make a prediction here because I think this is something that people didn't really talk about in uh, the conversation around HH. So that 2022 tax relief bill that I talked about, that, that's going to offer relief in this year and a little bit less relief next year, and then no relief in, in the 2025 uh, tax year going forward, did something was kind of like the little sister of Proposition HH. So what it did was it it took away money from the Tabor surplus to backfill local governments and schools for what they would lose under that temporary property tax relief. It didn't require a vote of the of the people like Proposition HH did because it didn't raise the Tabor cap. But what it did is it used that surplus as a refund mechanism to offer that property tax relief. Now, I think that the easiest way for the legislature to offer property tax relief in the short term and, and maybe come up with a longer, broader term, broader fix now that Proposition HH has failed is to do something similar. Somebody referred to it as the son of 238, 22238, the, the Senate bill. So while, while 238 might have been the little sister of Proposition HH, Senate Bill 22238 uh, might end up being the big brother of, uh, of of whatever comes next in the legislature. So if the legislature calls a special session, I think that's probably the quickest fix that the Dem- Democrats can do to make this possible. But it's interesting to see now, you know, some progressives are saying, look, we think that this failed because it wasn't progressive enough. You know, maybe that voice rings true and, and ends up being the next proposal that comes out of the legislature. But I think that lawmakers are probably going to be pretty reticent to go to voters and, and at, ask a similar question. A 20 percentage point loss is not something to be laughed at. That is a strong message that people did not like this proposal. And there are going to be more property tax proposals on the ballot probably next year. And one of the observations I'd make is I feel like having looked at some of the municipal elections and some of the school board contests and talked to listening to several different people, I think, you know, we elect these people to make these decisions and solve these problems. Certainly Tabor is a hard one to get around. But I often think that people are just trying to play on their own side without sitting down and and making compromises. And it's interesting because when we talked to Tyler Sandberg, who's traditionally a Republican consultant, he calls himself center-right, about school board races last night, he said, you know, I don't think voters endorsed any one way or another one worldview. But they did say, we don't want chaos and we don't want politics. I have to say, I also heard Shad Marie, the Democratic Party chair, say something similar last night. And I'm wondering if our elected officials will take that into consideration. Yeah, only time will tell. All right. Well, thank you, Jesse Paul. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Fish. You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. High-resolution cameras scanning Colorado forests every minute are popping up across the state, from Lookout Mountain near Golden to Telluride's Ajax Peak. The cameras are linked to a smoke-detecting artificial intelligence algorithm in a computer cloud. The early detection system is operated by a San Francisco-based AI company, and by the end of this year, there will be 40 installed in Colorado, including ones already in Telluride, Vail, Aspen, and Boulder. Excel Energy, the state's largest electricity provider, announced Tuesday it is committed to installing 21 stations, each with two cameras by year's end. People with disabilities have been fighting for decades to get equal access to health care. 
Despite laws meant to protect them from discrimination, healthcare facilities and services often are not accessible in Colorado and across the country. Now, the state civil rights office charged with protecting those Coloradans is proposing new protections. In particular, it wants to address the lack of medical equipment available for people with disabilities. Advocates say many medical offices and hospitals in the state don't have a wheelchair scale or staff trained to transfer people with paralysis, and some still don't have accessible entrances or bathrooms. A number of school boards in Colorado will have union-backed members after Tuesday's off-year election, but in the state's largest district, those candidates lost. Denver voters said no to the three candidates who had union support, including two incumbents. But many Colorado school boards that had shifted to more conservative in the past few elections flipped this year. And much of that was thanks to the more than $3 million in campaign financing that was poured into school board elections this cycle. For more on our election coverage, go to coloradosun.com election. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. The Colorado Sun is nonpartisan and completely independent. We're always dedicated to telling the in-depth stories we need today more than ever. And the Sun is supported by readers and listeners like you. Right now, you can head to coloradosun.com and become a member, starting at $5 per month for a basic membership, and if you bump it up to $20 per month, you'll get access to our exclusive politics and outdoors newsletters. Thanks for starting your morning with us, and don't forget to tune in again tomorrow.